You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than just a collegiate sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, and more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's oak trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid at the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Welcome to episode seven as we continue our journey of sharing and exploring the stories of your Auburn family members. On this episode, I will be speaking to Casey Teal. Now, Casey, just like everyone else's Auburn roots, has very special stories, but he has a part of his Auburn story that is very pertinent to the time that we're living in right now, as we have currently just lost Coach Pat Dye. Now, I want to be clear that this is about Casey Teal and his stories, but Coach Dye is such a huge part of that, and I think you'll understand why when he explains how he came to be a part of the Auburn family the way he came to have a relationship with Coach Die, and how his influence on his life was obviously revolved around sports, but something much bigger in life, in his career. And in the end, he ended up being coached in a different way by Pat Dye. So let me introduce my guest, Mr. Casey Teal. Casey, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you being here and uh, being willing to tell your Auburn roots, your Auburn story. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to uh, meet somebody in person, but you know, in this world of virtual stuff here, it's always kind of interesting for the first time for uh, to meet somebody via this. So I appreciate you being brave enough to do that. Yeah, it's not a problem at all. <laughs> well, here's the way I like to set up um, my podcast episodes for this series is we want to get to know you and get to know where your Auburn roots start. But the question I always start with is this, why Auburn? Probably in 2008 i was at a community college uh and i I just got the thing what did i want to do and i'd always landscaped um and so i got to looking and by far auburn's got one of the best horticulture schools and i just decided to take that route Mm -hmm. and um i it was just one of those things that was meant to be uh this probably doesn't happen for most people but uh, the week that I decided that I was going to Auburn, told my parents, applied for some uh, some grants and uh, scholarships, sent my application in, and within a month, I had got accepted, found a place to live, and had moved. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, very fast-paced. But uh, uh, Auburn is, especially the horticulture uh, part of Auburn, they're just – the professors there are more just so welcoming yeah and that's what i fell in love with not just the town but the the school mm-hmm. and um they just took me right in and just it, it took me two and a half years i didn't waste too much time at auburn i probably look back and regret not staying a little longer but uh then again <laughs> your goal is to get in and get out but uh and that's what i did and, and but like i said the professors there um helped you do that yeah. they, they guided you in the right way um and they just like i said from the week one that i they just took me right in well so here's some interesting things i think you pointed out there that i'd like for us to park on for a second first off you are a superstar because you got out of there very quickly at auburn <laughs> Um, you know, I think we all set out with the goal maybe of getting out in four years. I took the long route of six years in college overall, but uh, four at Auburn. 
uh, I always said that is because I started two years at, at a different college and I wanted to get my full four years at Auburn. So I commend you for getting in and out very quickly <laughs> and not wasting any time. Uh, the other thing is I actually took some uh, botany classes. Did, did you take systematic botany at, uh, at Auburn? I did not. I didn't okay. have that wasn't one I had to take. Um, I went to uh, LBW in Andalusia. Okay. There two years. And then when I went to Auburn, um, I did a summer semester in England. I did study abroad. Wow. I took a little bit of botany there, but it wasn't a class that we had to take. It was just part of the curriculum that they, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I did that also. So not only did you get out of school in record time, you, you have overseas experience as well. Uh, to me, here, just a little bit about me. I'm terrified of planes. So again, you've already impressed me by the fact that you beat me out of school time-wise and that you can get on a plane, not just across the country or something like that, but you're going over that big blue ocean over there uh, to learn about your passion, which is obviously horticulture. And um, tell me a little bit about that. Like going over, well, what did you learn over there? Like I said, Auburn took me right in quickly. Uh, the professors, because I had never flown anywhere. And prior to that, the first month I was uh, in school, one professor said, hey, you need to join this club called Planet. And uh, so I joined it. And within a month, they flew me to California for, uh, we did, uh, it was just each school that had horticulture, Auburn, and there was one Georgia, they come all over and they meet different states every year. Well, that yeah. year it was California. And I actually went up a week early with the professor and a few grad students. And we went to the Sequoia National Forest and stayed four nights there before the, the uh, competition. So like, they just, like I said, threw me right in. Yeah. Uh, never on, flew to California. It never been anywhere close to California. And uh, got to experience all that, then had the competition, come back. And then another professor said, hey, you should, uh, you should do study abroad. <laughs> I said, okay. Well, <laughs> and so went overseas, stayed there. It was three months uh, for the summer semester. And while I was there, we flew to Ireland, uh, wow. went to Scotland, Paris. And uh, so I, every weekend we were going somewhere. So I, like I said, I, I, I dove right in. You are highly cultured compared to me, sir. I have never left. Well, I, I have left the continental United States for a brief moment on a, on a whale watching cruise in Seattle. But, uh, you know, that, that was like literally for seconds when you crossed over the Canadian border. So, um, oh, I guess I've been to the Bahamas. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is not my story here. I'm, like, I'm tangenting here. Um, that's really cool. And I, I think one of the things that uh, Auburn is known for is not just um, obviously educating you in your field, but throwing you into the field. And I can speak to that too in, in the field that I was uh, in at Auburn. But um, I think I get a sense out of that you is that it's, it, you, you value the education that you got at Auburn, but you also value the experience that you got at Auburn. Is that a fair statement? The experience is what has definitely gave me vision mm -hmm. and direction through, through life. So, uh, I, yeah, I I can't complain at all about my experience. I, that's that's one thing I still reminisce on. More so, education is great. I had to have it, enjoyed it, but the experience and the traveling and and what I got to see uh, does just as much for you. That's uh, that's a great way of looking at it. There, it's they're both equal value here, but especially in in something that you really are hands on experience is very key and I think that's great that the um, professors there invested so much time in you and, and other faculty and peers uh, helped you dive into the world that you wanted to to be in now uh, but I do want to circle back just a little bit we talked we jumped right into how you came to Auburn were you an Auburn fan before you went to school at Auburn uh I can't lie oh. <laughs> I've always been the uh, other side. Root of evil, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are you still that way, or are you more on 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 the fence? Uh, I guess you can say I love football, and I, I cannot root against Auburn, and it's hard for me to root against the other side too. Right. But um, it's just like I said, Auburn 
but I tell people this, I've got two, two daughters and one son. Mm -hmm. I will send them to Auburn way before I will anywhere else. All right. I like that vote of confidence there. That's, that's, see, I can get on board with that thinking. I, I appreciate that you appreciate football as a whole, especially here in the state of Alabama, because as much as we don't like the other side, it's hard to ignore the success they've had historically and currently. So we appreciate the success. We just wish it wasn't at the expense of <laughs> Auburn. Um, so I, I, you know, there's, there's no shame in that. I'm glad to hear that you, you are valuing the educational system of Auburn much more than Alabama. That, that's, that puts a little feather in your cap right there. Yeah. From what I can tell, uh, Auburn is just the town. I still have people there. I call family. Yeah. Uh, Auburn is by far more of a family-oriented place. Mm-hmm. Uh, had people, my fiance, my at the time it was my fiance. She's my wife now. Uh, people would just take us in and cook every Thursday. Cook us a meal and we yeah. cook. And I just don't think you get that at other places. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way of looking at it too, because I, that's what I tell people about Auburn is, you know, you use this nebulous idea of Auburn family, uh, a family atmosphere and people are like, yeah, right. That's not true, but it, it really is. And I, and I try to share with people that maybe has some stigmas about the South. It's like you need to come to Auburn. It's, it's representative of what is best about the South. Now it's not the same every, you know, there's differences and, you know, things like that across the board in Auburn as well. But by and large, the community, the university, the students and the families that are now all tied to it have these strong values of family, of sharing with each other, welcoming them into their homes, to their tailgates and things of that nature. Um, so even if you started with some background on the other side, I'm glad to, to hear that we have uh, infected you to the point where you cannot deny the education and uh, your, your at least desire to root for Auburn in football uh, either on either side there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So would you say that Auburn football is your favorite sport at Auburn, uh, or would it be something else? No, Auburn football would definitely be my favorite okay. sport. I, so, I'm in football in high school, and I've just always enjoyed watching it. So what's your first Auburn football memory that you – connected with and appreciated it you know you and I I think are about similar ages so I think you and I probably would have some similar ideas but what's your your first like oh wow I really appreciate that about Auburn football what's what's that like well believe it or not uh when I was probably in fifth grade a good friend of mine huge Auburn fan and uh, his dad's a big alumni they're from Andalusia uh his dad's Bill Alberson uh he had a tv show on TLC, and uh, while I was at Auburn, uh, William Alverson, he's my age, he was there in, uh, in agriculture. So, But when I was in fifth grade, he took me to my first college football game ever, and it was at Auburn. And so I always remembered that and how just the uproar and the eagle soaring. And, uh, and when I come to Auburn, the first – football game home game i was there in the stands in the student section so that that student section is something else and here's the thing that i've found now having graduated and now moved on to a part of my life where i really can't pass as a student anymore and get into the student (laughs) section it's a it's a different experience out there in the stands when you're not standing up cheering the entire time uh it's still fun i still love being in that stadium with our auburn family members but Gosh, it was it was tiring, but it was so much more fun being in the student section. So I'm glad that you had that experience. Uh, is there like a favorite game from your past that uh, you remember distinctly? It's hard to say. Um, too many of them. Yeah, there's too many of them. Especially <laughs> there. Uh, I mean, I stayed and watched all the games, but uh, no, I don't have one particular one because I I hate to say this too. I've never been to an Iron Bowl game. Um, wow. I just, I, I've always. I'm a, I'm a big time cook. Uh-huh. I love to cook. And so I always, for the Iron Bowl, love to cook and have friends over and watch the game instead of fighting that crowd. And so that's, I've got to go one day. And if I do go, it's going to be to the Auburn Stadium. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, but yeah, that, I'm sure a game like that would have been one of my top games. But, yeah. We've, we've got to make this happen for you because, you know, <laughs> you, it is the mecca 
of college football. Uh, I, I'm sorry, you know, my, my Michigan and Ohio State friends, yes, that's cool. Y'all got your little rivalry over there in the North East, or the, the Midwest. That's cool. That's fine. Notre Dame, USC, sure, why not? That's a great rivalry. It's nothing compared to the pageantry of a post-Thanksgiving football game of Auburn versus Alabama. Now, I've never been to Tuscaloosa and been to an Iron Bowl or to even I wasn't, you know, really old enough to go to Birmingham and go to Legion Field for an Iron Bowl, but I have been to several um, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And each time, even if you lose, it is just something incredible. So we've got to get you there and uh, (laughs) get you in the stands because I think it will just, especially for someone who can appreciate both sides of the rivalry, I think that would like, it'd explode your little heart. (laughs) And it's one of those things, uh, a lot of people don't understand it, uh, but even this year, uh, hoping Alabama goes all the way, when they lost to Auburn, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings, because yeah. I can't pull against Auburn, and I'm not going to. <laughs> so, I, I love it. People don't understand it, uh, if they've always been for Auburn, yeah. but when when you've been an Alabama fan your whole life, and then go to Auburn, uh that that's the only way you can explain it right well and see that's the cool thing about this is is that you're more well adjusted than most of us and i speak for <laughs> myself here uh you know i i am uh, still on the bandwagon of if my kids one day ever ask me or, or suggest that they're going to alabama i said you can go but you know, i ain't giving you i ain't helping you <laughs> You can go, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll be there for the Auburn games versus Alabama, and I will be stark orange and stark blue and, and yeah. nowhere in between. But so, yes, you are well more adjusted than a lot of us here tonight, so I'm glad to hear that, which I think is great uh, to talk about this aspect of it. Uh, and, again, uh, this is about your story, but I think this is a huge part of your story and very significant for the time that we're doing right now. Just to, I never like to do this, but to date the podcast a little bit for those listening and those that may be listening far off in the future, we are recording this right after the passing of, of Pat Dye. And you have a special connection uh, with him and your passion, your career now, um, that uh, I think is interesting to talk about and share with. But I also want to put this connection here too. Pat Dye was fully Auburn, but he had ties that were very strong and very interesting to Alabama. He was, uh, he coached under uh, Bear Bryant. He, you know, had a special connection over there with them, uh, but he was fully Auburn, but he could appreciate and understand the Alabama people as well. So I think that's interesting that you two kind of share that perspective there. Did he have any influence on you seeing it that way? Uh, he knew uh, at the time that I had always been an Alabama fan and he'd always kid around and just tell me I didn't know any better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he definitely, he had ties with Alabama, but he was Auburn to the depths. I mean, he, he loved Auburn and that showed, um, he, he wanted Alabama to lose every game. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, he had some ties, but it didn't persuade his decision at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, can, you can still have your loyalties, but you can also still have those fond feelings and, and things towards the other side as well, and that's perfectly fine to do that. Um, but tell me a little bit about how you got to know Pat Dye and how that ties into your whole life, your career, and everything there. Well, he had started uh, – he had a love for Japanese maples, mm-hmm. and so – I he had developed a really large size garden uh, out on his property and he had purchased, I guess in the beginning around 3000 trees that he was going to start a nursery. Well, one of our professors lined up a trip up to his farm and he was walking us through the garden and through trees and he was calling them out by name and he would ask questions and that tree's always been a passion of mine. Uh, and he, when he'd ask a question, I guess I was the only student that knew the answer to it. So I'd chime in and, and, and say, and I might not have been the only one. I might have been the only one that I guess wasn't intimidated to ask because I just looked at him as a, as a person. Yeah. And it was the next day. I didn't think anything about it. The next day he called my professor and he, I, I say he, he got a background check on me. And, <laughs> They they told him how I was as a student, and he called me that afternoon, 
and asked me if I'd ride out to his farm. And I did. So I ride out there. And once I get out there, he, he asked me to hop in the truck. So I hop in the truck with him. And uh, he rides around the garden. And then we go into uh, town, Notasoga. And uh, he's got to go to the post office. And he stops and gets the mail and still talking to me. And uh, he just told me what his plans were and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And um, and that's what started that. And um, in a way, he, he, he took me in and treated me, I would say, probably like one of the football players uh, when he was coaching. Um, he would teach me what, what his knowledge of the plant and ask my opinion, um, especially on the garden that he has now. Uh, we would, it was in the middle of being designed. And he had a vision for it, but before he would do anything, he'd ask me, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. He said, what do you think? Or he'd say, do you think this should go there? And I would tell him what I thought, and we would do it together. We designed it together, and we installed the plants, and there's some big rocks that's in all in the garden, and me and him would put them down. And uh, we laid the sod that's in that garden together. And uh, so that's kind of how that started. We, I mean, we'd get help, and then all my buddies, it was, it was not hard to find help. Uh, whenever I told him what we were doing and where we were at. So I, he would say, hey, I need three or four guys. I'd call my buddies and they'd come out and help us lay sod or plant trees. And um, there's a, a picture that I posted online last week after his passing. It's probably one of my favorite pictures. It's just uh, some one of his friends took it, and it was with us not knowing he was taking the picture. But you could just tell he was lecturing me. And I was sitting there, and you could tell I was really into what he was saying. And that, that by far, is probably one of my best memories because it was probably 17 degrees in that picture. And we were potting up. I had six buddies there, and we were potting up uh, new saplings, uh, Japanese maple saplings, to graft in the uh, springtime. And um, it was one of the coldest. It was raining, but they had to get done because he – he went big a lot of times. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and we, these trees had to be planted. So we were on timeline crunches and, and we had to get it done. And I, and I think that's why uh, I made it out there as long as I did, because I've just pushed myself just like he expected out of football players. He gave me a timeline. I made sure we always hit it. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Uh, first of all, the the first part of your story there that you just looked at him as a person. Um, you know, I, I can stand here and say that had I ever had the chance to meet Pat Dye, I would have been one of those friends of yours that would have just been a gap, you know, <laughs> mouth agape and not wanting to say anything, just wanted to take it all in. And, and so the fact that you, you know, already had this background where you were kind of on the even fence of things in terms of the the sports rivalry of it it already kind of puts you in a position to not be afraid and not be in so much of an awe like you were you obviously respected him uh, but you were not afraid to reach out and I think that's what's so cool about your Auburn story is but yes you don't have the traditional I was born and bred this way I actually have you actually have ties to the other side but because you slowly were integrated into the Auburn family and learned that connection there, got your school in there, it brings you to Pat Dye. And you get to now be coached, in a sense, by him. And I, I love that you expressed that as it was similar to you think how he did his players. Because when you hear his players of the past talk about how awesome uh, he was, what a great father figure, what a great mentor. Uh, and also just someone that would listen to them. I, I get that out of your story with Pat Dye, and I think that's that's really awesome there. And I think it's funny you bring up the Japanese maple things because there's three things that Auburn people associate with Pat Dye. It is Auburn football, Japanese maples, and beagles. <laughs> those yeah. are what he's known for out there. Uh, tell me, tell me, help us understand what's so cool about the Japanese maple that you and Pat Dye love so much about it. Well, the tree is a very slow-growing tree, and they're over from it's been a little while since I've done my research on them but at the time when I was out there there was over 3,000 different varieties so you have to graft one to get the certain variety you want so if you take seeds and grow them you're just getting a seedling it's not going to be the tree that you took off uh, the seeds off the plant from so if you want 
a weeping Japanese maple, you have to graft from a weeping one onto the seedlings. And so that's that. And uh, for coach, he would always say when he built that house, the landscaper put one by his house. And, and that was the very first one that he'd ever really paid attention to. And he started watching the colors change. So in the springtime, when they leaf out they they can be a bright red or a bright green color and they'll change throughout the season, but it's the fall. The fall color is what really catches people's attention. And that's what he loved so much about them. Uh, he, he loved watching them leaf out and he loved watching the leaves fall off of them in, in the wintertime. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. He strikes me as a very complicated man, but a very simple man. Yeah, he, he could be complicated, but uh, just as down-to-earth simple. Uh, you said beagles. He, he had at least six dogs that ran around <laughs> and lived inside the house at night. They, and one of them, the, the king of all of them, was a little uh, – like a little rat terrier. Yeah. <laughs> <So he> <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm now I'm now picturing that uh, little rat terrier nipping around his little heels and just kind of being the the boss of everything out there. Uh, it just adds to the to the in a way the caricature of what we have of of Pat Dye and why he has such fond memories there. Because again, so complex but so simple that he enjoys something that most of us don't really pay attention to a Japanese maple, but he's found the, the beauty of it. And so have you as well through obviously your own interests, but his teachings as well and uh, gotten to experience that with him was pretty cool. So I would imagine spending a lot of time out there uh, on his property, you probably got to meet some interesting characters from Auburn past. Is that true? I mean, have you ever gotten to meet like players or anything like that? No, I never got to meet players, but like Bo Jackson would come out there but like I said, the, the same with Coach. Uh, I probably could have poked my head in to, to meet him, but he had me busy working. <laughs> I, I just didn't ever – I would have liked to have met some people. I, I think the only person that I probably met was – and you may have to correct me on the name uh, – Coach from Tennessee. Uh, Johnny Majors? Majors. Okay. Uh, come out and do some quail hunting. And um, he – I, I talked with him for a little while, but I had a buddy. We had to take him to the airport, and I couldn't leave. And so I had a good friend that was a huge Auburn person. But the fact that uh, we had to take him to the airport, I just called him. I said, hey, you want to do this for me? He said, yes, definitely. <laughs> so he was <laughs> a hardcore Auburn fan. Uh, his name's Blake Cotter, and he's just uh, – anytime I need something, he I call him. And I, Coach, he had a barn that all the hunters would stay in or guest. Yeah. And the upstairs was where he had all his trophies and pictures. And um, just taking my – now, and I say, Blake was by far just one of the biggest Auburn fans that I know still today. And um, 
taking him up to that room, you would have thought I had introduced him to the whole football team. <laughs> and so, but uh, and I didn't meet, uh, it was Gene Chiswick. Yep. I'd be taking coach from place to place, book signings, and he'd be on the phone talking to him. And that, to me, is just, even though I didn't hear the whole conversation, but that's neat to me because I heard what coach had to say to him you know, that kind of talk I got to, to witness. Yeah. I, th- I think that's just as special because even though you maybe didn't get to shake hands with some of these great names and things like that, you're hearing not just what he's teaching you when he's talking to you, but you're hearing the advice or just sharing uh, that he's doing with some of these other great figures that we have out there. Again, something that we as Auburn fans really appreciate um, but it's it's different when you're actually here. They're sitting there learning, even though he's not necessarily teaching you. But in a way, he still was. Uh, whether that be, uh, you know, I don't know what those conversations were with Gene Chizik, but I'm sure they were some of those difficult times as well uh, before he left there. And I'm sure that Coach Die, having experienced some of those tough times at the end of his tenure at Auburn, uh, had some very good advice for him and. Uh, You know, I don't think it's a shock that Gene Chizik to this day still um, resides in Auburn and is connected to the university, even though he had such a tumultuous ending. And I wonder almost, is that because of Pat Dye? Did Pat Dye, uh, you know, share with him that, yeah, this is a tough time, but I think you've, I think you've grown to appreciate what's so special about obviously the university, but the people of Auburn, the family of Auburn, the community of Auburn and, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's really cool uh, that you have uh, been able to learn from him, but also learn through him and how he was teaching others and that. Is there anything that uh, other cool stories or um, things that maybe most of us that have never met Pat Dye or spent a lot of time with him that you want to share about him? He, uh, there were some moments for me that, uh, like I said, I'll always remember um, I think the one that touched me the most, the story, was when I uh, I read the other day from Jimmy Raines about the funeral. And Coach, see if I can paint this picture. When you drive into his property, it's down a dirt road. Well, after a half a mile down the dirt road, there's another dirt road to the right that takes you up to the nursery and the garden. But then you keep taking that dirt road, and if you stay straight, it takes you to his house. So if you start at the top of the garden and walk to the bottom of the garden, you're, you're close to his house. Okay. His house was built. He, they literally poured dirt and made a mound into, like his house was on a pond. Okay. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> on, a pond, on a pond. And if you're standing on his back porch and looked over, on a hill to to the right he had a huge circle of tumorous corner live oak saplings that he had gotten and each one of them was for a child or grandchild and that from the story that i gathered uh there i think if i remember correctly there was one in the middle that pretty much i guess was for him Mm -hmm. and i think that's where they buried him under that tree and read that and he said a flock of geese flew over right in the middle of it. And, uh, I just, I could picture myself there during the funeral and yeah. hearing the, and, uh, he would all, he, he took me to that spot and everything that he had told Jimmy, he, he told me that he wanted to fertilize, he, he wanted his body to fertilize that yeah. tree, live on through that tree. And, um, I don't know when I read that I, you just get chills oh, yeah. and get a little teary eyed because you know, he's, he's gone. And, yeah. but that's just how much he loved Auburn because he wanted to be planted under a tumor's corner oak, you yeah. know? And so, and I say it that way, he was buried under, but he, he wanted to fertilize that tree, but every kid and grandkid had their own, Tumor's Corner Live Oak planted in a circle. And um, I, I'm hoping that I can get out there and uh, just pay my respects. Well, 
I would bet someday you'll get to do that. And, and if nothing else, my hope is that those that are hearing this um, and that still obviously have a connection to the Pat Dye family will make this happen. Because I think you deserve that. The time you spent with him uh, to learning, obviously, but helping him is is much deserved there. And, that, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my question. You know, we've now all known since his passing and we've heard of the the quiet and very, you know, humble uh, funeral that he had out there. We've all wanted to be out there. And yeah, while you may not have been able to physically be out there for it, you put us there and you put yourself there. And that's pretty cool that we had that perspective to work from on there. Um, so I'm glad that you can at least picture in your mind what that looks like. Uh, I think it was his sister who shared a, an image of it online. Uh, and that gave us obviously a great a shot of what you see in your mind. Yeah. Uh, but you, you did a great job of sharing your experiences um, with with that out there. So I appreciate you sharing your your relationship with uh, Pat Dye and why it's so special. And I think it's a, a very important part of the Auburn culture, the Auburn family aspect of it. Because, yeah, it's about football. I mean, we're not going to sit here and and say that, uh, you know, we're not all gung-ho about football in the state of Alabama, especially in the Auburn family. Uh, but it's much deeper than that. Uh, he said it best. Auburn folks love Auburn. They don't just love Auburn football. Um, so I really think that's really cool uh, about that. So you, you've uh, since moved on uh, and uh, been doing other things. Uh, share, share with us where you're at now in your, your life, your career. Uh, have you done anything else uh, related to Auburn since then, games or anything like that? I've been to one game, and that's sad. But uh, – <laughs> Two no, it means you have a life. That's what it means. Yeah. Two years ago, I went back to Auburn because one of those professors that uh, meant a lot to me, took the one that took me in, took me to California, um, really tried to just help help me. He retired from Auburn. And so I, I told my wife, I said, we got to go up there. And so we went to his retirement party. And it's just every time you go up there, it's different. Auburn's growing. And uh, – it, but uh, I enjoyed getting up that way. And um, I spent three years with Coach, and it was it was bittersweet leaving. I didn't really plan on leaving. And uh, there was an opportunity that just opened up back home. And uh, I could tell my wife kind of wanted to get back home too because both our families are here. And um, the opportunity opened up, and so I took it, and we moved back. And um, I, I've tried staying – it's hard to stay in touch with somebody like that. Not on, not being his fault. It's just you look at somebody, you know he's busy, and yeah. you don't want to bother him. Yeah. So my only, I guess, regret it was not probably calling him more yeah. often, check in. But um, we there's a lot of people from Andalusia that go quail hunting up there, and he would always ask about me. So that there, you know, just made me feel good that you know he's checking on me uh but uh i i gotta tell one story that i think is really funny in it yeah you know i was talking about how i felt like he sometimes treated me like a football player how he treat treated them um there was a huge probably one of the largest biggest mornings we ever had he had a semi truck of maples come in uh-huh. that had to plant and we had to get them planted very quickly but it was turkey season, and um, there was another guy that was working on the farm, and me and him went turkey hunting that morning. And the turkey was just gobbling, and we couldn't leave him. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we were supposed just say we were supposed to be there at seven. And it was seven thirty when we pulled up, and the look that he gave us, you just knew. And I probably was chewed out worse than I've ever been chewed out. Um, I felt pretty bad and um that whole day we worked hard worked hard till dark and that afternoon it was probably eight o'clock that afternoon he uh everybody had went home and he looked at me he said get in the truck so I got in the truck and we went up to the torch and uh we had a a meal together and he just talked to me and, and, and told me uh I had let him down but the way we had worked throughout the day you know kind of made up for it and but uh that's one memory i'll definitely because i didn't let him (laughs) that was in the first uh probably six months of me 
one. But uh, yeah, he uh, he led into me pretty heavily. You literally got coached by coach. And oh yeah, I I think that's awesome because you know yeah maybe it wasn't about football, but his his passion was teaching people uh, in some aspect of life, uh, and I think that's really. It's, that's so special because yeah, he, he got into you and now see, even today it resonates with you. But the thing I think that it's not that he got into you that sticks with you is because he loved you enough to talk to you about why he was disappointed and what he was encouraged about what the way you responded to the situation there. So that right there is, I think what coaching is all about. It's about being truthful and sometimes hurtful a little bit, <laughs> but it is about how you teach them after that and invest in them after that and don't just cast them aside. And I think a lot of people could learn from that example like that. And I'm glad that you had that experience with them. That's really funny though. I'm I'm intimidated for you just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it's one of those memories you'll always, always remember, but it's one of those lessons you need to always remember too. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it sounds like you're a better person for those, those memories as well. So here's where here's where I'd like to go from here. Now you're going to have an interesting take on this, I feel, because um, while you are obviously a member of the Auburn family, despite your ties to the other side a little bit, um, you know some of these questions you may not have an answer for. What we're going to do is what I call not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. The reason I say that is most people I've asked this have wanted to explain themselves and their answers. Uh, for one reason or the other. So you can take your time with them. We have 12 questions to go through and it'll be very, some of them pretty simple, but you might want to put some thought. Uh, but if you, even if you don't have an answer for one, that's completely fine as well. So if you're ready to do that, I'm going to set you up with the challenge of not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. So question number one, orange or blue? Blue. Any reason behind that or just, just straight up blue? It's always been my favorite color. Okay. <laughs> Hey, at least you got to the answer quickly and had a reason behind it. Question number two, Aubie or War Eagle? Probably War Eagle. Okay. And you, uh, you, know, you even referenced that at the beginning of your story here when we were talking about how much that resonated with you. So I'm not shocked there. The only thing now is that the minions of Aubie now have you on their list. And <laughs> you will never be able to speak to him again. I'm just, I, look, I'm just telling you from personal experience, you are now on Aubie's list. So there you go. Question number three, the Auburn fight song or glory, glory to Auburn? I like the Auburn fight song. Question number four, and I think we've already answered this, but I'll give you a chance to change it if you want. Your favorite Auburn athletics program, so football, basketball, all that stuff. Football, yeah. Number five, your favorite Auburn athlete? Uh, You got to go Bo Jackson. I mean, it's hard not to, especially with your ties. (laughs) (laughs) Did you uh, did you actually watch uh, Bo over the top uh, back uh, in the day? Yeah, I've watched footage of that. And, footage uh, of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, man, that's you know, even I know it didn't end well for Alabama fans, but I just I think that's such an iconic piece of sports history is seeing that goal line stand or attempted a goal line stand for Alabama and seeing Bo and because if anybody else had tried to make that jump. They wouldn't have had because Alabama played it perfectly. I mean, they had guys there meeting them at the top, and if yeah. it hadn't been for his athletic ability, it would have been over, and Alabama would have continued on for eleven more years, and we'd be a lot sadder today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bo Jackson is your answer for that one. Question number six. I, again, I think this one's a little easy, but your favorite Auburn coach? Yeah, Pat. Question number seven. Your favorite. Auburn non-athletics person. So this one's sometimes a little bit of a trouble for people. So this can be someone in your family, a professor, a celebrity that's not athletics related at Auburn. Is there anybody, an Auburn person outside of directly tied to the sports teams that you uh, have in your mind? Uh, Joe Eakes, Professor Eakes. And is he the one that we spoke about uh, that we went to retirement? Yes. Give people a little bit of context for him as well, because I know obviously he works in the horticulture side of things, but tell exactly what you learned from him and all that real quick. He was the one that, and, and there's, there's a lot of professors there that, you know, come to mind, but he was the first one that come to me. And he's the one that asked me to join that club, which the club's the one that went to California. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know what he saw, saw in me, I guess. Uh, but not everybody got to go to the Sequoia National 
fours and stay a few nights. It was mostly grad students. And I think I was the only student. And I don't know. I, I, he, he just, like I said, took me in. Uh, he was by far had the hardest class. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was tough. Um, but, uh, there's something about him and his wife cooked biscuits every Wednesday morning Oh wow! for the class. So we'd always go over there and eat. And, um, so that's the kind of memories. And he, he was a duck hunter and I like to duck hunt. So we had a lot of connections. Oh, see, so. that's, you've got something here. You got him to invest in you. You got Pat Dye to invest in you. Whatever you're drinking, I want some of it because <laughs> I mean, you're like, you're just attracting people left and right over there. But I, I love that. I, I had a professor as well at Auburn that he was my toughest class at Auburn in some respects. Uh, but I still reference him as my most influential professor because not only did he invest in us, but he was a friend and a mentor at the same time. Um, so that's cool. Question number eight. Do you have a favorite Auburn building? Funches Hall. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you gave that answer. That is, that is where, okay. So I, I'm a, just a, a little bit, I know I keep talking about myself here and I can stop doing that, but I, I'm a biological science graduate as well. Um, and I spent, tons of time in Funches Hall or Fungus Hall as some people like to call it that bottom floor that's uh there's some fungus down there yeah. uh, literally and um yeah I, I'm glad to meet a fellow Funches person here because that is I can still smell it and I can still you know I know the I can feel the air in there still to this day it's I know that's weird I'm getting weird about Funches Hall but I, that, I tie that to memories changing but that's one building they just don't need change no the day that <laughs> i will park myself outside of funches and say don't you dare touch my fungus hall <laughs> yeah i heard do that with uh, the uh, barbecue place across the road <laughs> yeah yeah that's um, you're making me you're making me uh painful memories here but it's kind of fortuitous that you say that because my next question question number nine is favorite auburn place to eat it can be past or present <sighs> That one was a tough one. Uh, that that I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say there. Uh, barbecue house the, is what the barbecue house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I spent many mornings there before class as well. Before I went into Funches, I had to get some breakfast. So that was that's it. That's one that that's why I get a little little twinge yep. in my heart when you talk about it because I'm like mm, breakfast and go smell Funches Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we have that connection there. Question number 10. Do you have a favorite Auburn tradition? Now, this can be sports or non-sports related. You know, most people go to the Tiger Walk, uh, the War Eagle Flight. Some people go to the not stepping on the seal tradition or rolling tumors corner. Uh, any of those are fair game, but if there's a tradition that sticks out your mind at Auburn, uh, what, what one would that be? Um, I, I would actually say riding down college by Funches and then turning – by the president's mansion and just going by the practice stadium. Um, I just like to take that route because I always, when I went to class, I would, I worked at the greenhouses and then I would leave the greenhouses and then I'd go to work out. Mm -hmm. So um, that was just, I like to take my old route. So that's cool. See, most people go with, you know, the obvious traditions, but you just went to your own personal tradition. And that's what I want out of this series. That is like, I mean, that's something so simple that you just took a certain route just so you could see certain things or feel certain things. And that, that is reminding me of some little traditions that I had on campus or just when I go visit that I, I, I just, it doesn't make sense why I go this way, but I just need to see it. And yeah, so, and I like freedom. We spend yeah. a lot of time there, so. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. arteryum. I also spent some time there and it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you can get lost in it for a little bit. Yeah. Question number 11. Um, do you have a favorite Auburn related memory? Um, it, it's got the only, not the only, but really just the memories. I went to a football game with coach. Di. Um, wow. now he left me and went up top, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but he, he got me some good seats, me and my wife. And, um, but I rode there with him and, um, I don't know. Most of my memories, my fond memories of Auburn is either with him or yeah. uh, with the professors that I, I work close with. See, I'm just getting more and more jealous of you by the day now. Could you Look, I know he left you to go up to his place up there in the top, but... <laughs> 
you went to a game with like the quintessential ambassador to not just Auburn, but to Auburn football. I mean, that's yeah. that's just mind blowing right there. Like, I'm so jealous of you right now. And this is how confident he was, I guess. He uh, he asked us if we want to go to the game. I said, yeah. He said, all right. He said, I, I got you some tickets. Well, we get to the stadium, outside of the stadium, he makes a phone call. He said, hey, do you have any tickets? <laughs> <laughs> and someone brings tickets down and gives them to us. Oh. Um, but I guess he just knew he could get tickets in one way or another. <laughs> well, when your name I, is Pat Dye, I think you can do about just about anything you want on campus. That's right. Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> question number 12 and your final question. Describe Auburn in one word. Family. That's fair enough. And I think it's the most obvious answer, but it is the most appropriate answer. And I think it speaks to absolutely your relationship with Pat Dye and your relationship with the university and the town now because of everything. You spoke to it even before we started talking about Pat Dye, about how you felt connected to the community of Auburn when you got there and how special it was despite your roots to the other side you still built that connection you have those memories and now you're able to look at these times fondly and and not be worried about the fickle things of a the result of a football game but you're able to appreciate the whole of the Auburn experience so that's really cool and I agree with your your one word definition there so uh, Casey thank you so much for sitting down with me and uh, telling me about your Auburn roots. It has been enlightening for me. I'm now jealous of you, and I'm, I feel a little bit more connected to you because we share some connections in terms of where we spent some time on campus and things like that. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. And that call is out there to you other Auburn fans that might be listening. If you want to share your Auburn roots or want to nominate someone, uh, just like Casey has been nominated here, to share their Auburn roots, you can just contact us at any way, social media, anything like that. We'd love to hear your stories as well. And that's all we have from this episode of Auburn Roots. Thank you for listening and War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?